0: What the hell is the name
1: of this thing? Uh, it's, it's Wayne's World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one.
2: Barry Horn. He right. tried to get me in mid-shoe.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Dallas Morning News and SportsdayDFW.com's sports podcast. I'm Evan Grant. Along with Kevin Sherrington, who will be heading up to Oklahoma City. I just got back from Chicago early, early this morning. I a.m. Kevin uh, is driving to Oklahoma City tonight for the Mavs, and we are with our micro-managing partner, Barry Horn. Who... Somebody, ha- somebody has to take control here. Are yeah. you in
2: control? Are you really?
1: I am in control. Wow. Al Haig. Al Haig moment. Yeah. And we are also joined by another extremely hard worker, Mike Heike. Hello, Mike. Are you there?
0: I'm here. How are you, Evan?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm good for operating on very few hours sleep, but you also are operating on very few hours sleep, are you not? <laughs>
0: uh, no, not too bad. It was a day game, so we got back around 10 o'clock last night. So
3: that wasn't bad at all. Only Evan fetches about travel. <laughs> well now he well, does have he does well, have Barry, games
0: makes a a, Barry makes a long trek from
1: his couch to his desk every day <laughs> I do <laughs> we can't even today is the first day in about three months that Barry has showed up in the studio without a sweatshirt on <laughs> that
2: is true I, you know what I thought about that on the way in and I'm I meant to compliment you on the fact that you wore actual clothes
1: with a collar like thank a you. shirt with a collar thank you so much for being so professional Mike Mike, are you breathing a deep sigh of relief? or Are the fans breathing a deep sigh of relief here?
0: It's so funny is that they've waited eight years just to get this one thing, a series win, a handshake, the traditional handshake in hockey, and then they have to go through all that rigmarole in the third period yesterday. But, hey, it's a win. That's all they're saying. It's a win.
3: Mike, I live under a black cloud. I thought they were going to actually lose the game. Was there any point in the third period – that you thought the Stars were going to lose that game?
0: Yes. Uh, if you go back to Game 5, which they did exactly that, where they had a 4-3 lead, and then as soon as Minnesota scored to tie it up and send it to overtime, I think everybody said, okay, well, the Stars are going to lose. And then if you go back to their last playoff loss, that was the ultimate pulling the the out, where they had Anaheim beat 4-2 to with three minutes left uh, in Game 6 and heading to a Game 7. And uh, the stars found a way to give up two goals to let that game get tied. And I think they lost that overtime in three minutes or something like that. I mean, it was just a, you just knew they were gonna
2: lose. and and I, I did have that feeling yesterday. All right. now, now Mike, I know you're not a panicky kind of guy, but the, the way we look at these types of things as, as puckheads, is that when in a series that you go into that you're supposed to be sweeping a team, a team that cannot score, a team that has all kinds of issues offensively, and you 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 struggle so much to put them away. It does not bode well for the rest of the playoffs. They, they, they should. Well, hold on. I'm asking Mike. Well, I I'm I want I want to correct
3: you on something. What? Real puckheads know a sweep is very difficult.
2: It is very difficult. But the the, the 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 issue was, am I not right about this, Mike? That the Wild is not has not been a good offensive team, especially after losing Parisi.
1: They're not very horny. They're not very... That's yes. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Yeah, in the lingo. Uh, yes, of the Kevin,
0: uh, They, I believe, have one of the historically lowest uh, point totals as far as uh, in the standings, 87 points. That may be the lowest in the last eight years to even make the playoffs. Then they lost two of their leading scorers who did not play one game in the playoffs. So, yes, they should have been easy prey for a team that finished with 109 points. Yes, you are correct. Uh, so I don't. the problem with the Stars is they're just so dang unpredictable. They win by outscoring the other team, which is exactly what they did yesterday. They outscored them 5-4. to four. They haven't been great defensively. They haven't been great in goal, but they've been really good at scoring goals. So then the concept comes, and like, I'll throw this one out there, Chicago's a defending Stanley Cup champion. The Stars could play them if Chicago wins tonight. Dallas went 4 and 1 against them by outscoring them basically every game. And they gave up goals and they had bad stretches and all that kind of stuff, but they just scored more goals than Chicago did. So, to say that this is a bad omen, yes. You don't want to you don't want to give up four goals in the third period, but it's what they've done
1: all year. Mike, before we get back into breaking down yesterday and what happens going forward, let's just let me just ask you this question. How many Since Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers were broken up, how many teams uh, win Stanley Cups simply by outscoring their opponents?
0: Nobody does it. Even the Oilers didn't back in the day. Uh, But there's probably been three teams. The Tampa Bay Lightning is the most famous one. Uh, they had Vincent LeCavalier and Brad Richards and John. Uh,
1: right. And they obviously right. caught lightning and, and, and in and the their,
3: bottle.
0: And their, their theory
2: was face is death. Look at Evan smiling. Evan smiling at his own pun. Listen, I, I think I should point out now, before we get any further in, in this podcast, that any team that wins outscores the other team. Am, am, I, do I, am I right about that? I just want to make sure no, we get no, that you correct. Are, you are right, I'm
0: just saying philosophically Yes, I know. Thanks, thanks, King King
1: of literal, 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 (laughs) literal interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) Literal. Do you work
2: with words for a living?
0: The Stars, when they won, these are all teams that just ground the game into one nothing, two one games. But the, the Red Wings have been a, a team that has been able to score. Even the Blackhawks are an offensively gifted team; they've just learned to play defense along the way, and that's what the Stars are trying to do. But they're taking baby steps in their defense and goaltending
3: right uh, now. All right, so tell, so give us this: How many of the goals were the were the goalie's uh, fault? It was Letnin's fault yesterday?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I actually don't think as many were, because basically what Spezza said, Jason Spezza said after the game is they were throwing five guys at us every shift. Now, in that regard, you would have thought, okay, well, they should have been able to go the other way and score a goal, uh, but they were just, they packed it in and tried to help Lettman. So a lot of those were just, I mean, three and four whacks right in front of the net. Uh, so so that was a tough one on Lettman. I, I honestly believe Lettman's been a much better goalie than the Emmy in the series. Miami played two games, Lettman played four. And I, I do believe that that the goals that Lettman gave up were, you know, harder to stop than the ones that Miami gave up. So, you know, give him props for that.
2: Well with that in mind, do you think that Lindy Ruff made a mistake going to Niami and, 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 and no, yanking no. Lettman? No. Why?
0: No, because because the thought process is Lettman is when Lettman is good, he's good because he's gotten time off. And possibly because he's gotten the motivation of, hey, this other guy's going to take your job. Uh, which is, you know, all a part of this whole process is, one, we want to help Kari Lettman, but two, we also want to motivate Kari Lettman because uh, the, the biggest um, knock on Kari Lettman throughout his career is that he's not motivated enough. He's super talented, a second overall draft pick, uh, but, you know, just kind of like, hey, how are you going? Let's, let's try and win this game. And and he's not at but he's the antithesis of Ed Belfour and so some of the process of bringing in the Emmy is to light a fire under Kerry
2: Light. So let's let's talk about this this goal that wasn't. Uh it wasn't a goal? It wasn't a goal. It, okay. wasn't a, it was. It, was it, it I think I think it might have been a goal. Did you see the p- the picture in the in the <laughs> Dallas Morning News today taken by uh, a Minneapolis uh, yes, photographer? Yes.
3: Yes. But did you know they re- if you had watched the game, which I'm sure you did? Oh yes. They course.
2: They reviewed it. I know they From reviewed it. From every angle. Oh, so you're saying that they never make a mistake, that the Dez Bryant catch was not a catch. It was not a catch. Not a catch, because they reviewed th- it. They reviewed it. So it must have been, they must have been right. All right, Let's
0: let's— uh, my, I'll, I'll go on Kevin's side on this one. Had they called that a goal and reviewed it, it would have remained a goal. Because I don't think there was evidence to say it was not a goal. You know what I'm saying? The was inconclusive. It was inconclusive. And it was the call on the ice was there was no goal, and so then the goal, the review had to overturn the fact that it was not a goal. Now, had you called that a goal on the ice, I don't know that the video review would have said no, no, no goal. All
3: right, was was Brett Hull in the
2: crease? Oh my God, <laughs> Brett Hull was in the crease, and we were there to, to witness that.
3: Yeah, it was yes, we were, and it was like three in the morning. Yes, it's in was. the morning in it Buffalo. Was
2: very light. It was very light. That's fun.
3: So, so okay. You, you told us who who would you rather see, and don't base this on what restaurant you're going to visit in, in in either Chicago or St. Louis. Who would you rather see the Stars play? Who would they have the better chance against?
0: I think their their lineup matches best with Chicago. Chicago is a smaller, faster team. Uh, they they do a lot of things based on skill, and yet the Stars have better, more skill than Chicago does uh, st. Louis is a big heavy team that wants to win a 2-one game and I don't I don't think the stars would be comfortable in that kind of series
3: so you want to see them play the you don't want you don't want to see Ken Hitchcock again
0: I would love to see Ken H- Hitchcock I'm just saying the stars have a better chance to beat the Blackhawks in my opinion than they do to beat the blues
1: and this is all interesting talk Barry because by the time most people will be listening this will all be determined <laughs> um, well
0: we'll
2: know what he thought
3: beforehand What? yeah I'd like to get his expertise
1: yeah he's
3: an expert.
2: It's good to have an expert in the sport on with us. will this next round be their toughest going forward to the if they make the finals
0: I didn't, I didn't
1: understand that <laughs> <That's> <laughs> neither did we. <laughs>
0: I, is, it, I couldn't. I couldn't hear. It. I didn't, it
2: is is either Chicago or St. Louis. Is that the toughest matchup they could
1: face in these playoffs? No. No. Uh,
0: Washington right now uh, is playing really good hockey. They, they or, or is this run.
1: the toughest matchup on this side of the bracket, Mike? <sighs>
0: That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think it would be. I think they, that uh, they've had enough history with Anaheim or Nashville that they could beat either of those guys. LA would have been tough just in a head-to-head. Uh, San Jose has already gotten rid of LA, um, so yeah, I think this would be whoever whoever you know. The if you're going with the regular season seeds, Washington was one, Dallas was two, uh, Chicago no, St. Louis was three, and Chicago was five. So this is in the thirty-team NHL in the first round. The third seed is playing the five seed. That's how cool this division playoff format is. So, yes, I agree. The winner of this, uh, especially after coming out of the Game 7, will be the toughest toughest uh, opponent they will face in, in the Western Conference.
3: So, looking ahead, because Evan does not want to look back, or Evan, <laughs> or Evan only, will Tyler Sagan uh, be back?
0: I don't know. Um In the five days preceding his uh, uh, doomed Game 2 performance, he looked fantastic. So if the Achilles was an issue, it sure didn't look like it in practice. So then the question becomes, what mysterious second injury did he suffer in Game 2? Some people believe it's a calf injury. Some people believe it could be a calf muscle tear, that because he was trying to protect the Achilles, he might have done something to, you know, hurt his calf in some way, um, then it becomes is this is just, uh, you know, a small calf injury. Is it a significant calf injury? And, and they don't tell us and we don't know, but I do know this. He has not faded since Game 2, which was, what, seven, eight days ago? Mm-hmm. So that, to me, sounds like it's fairly serious. But, you know, we've seen it before where, oh, look, there he is. He's in the lineup. Now he's playing. So can they win another
1: career. series without Sagan making an impact? They, ha- they
0: have the they have the offense to do that. I really do believe it. The the, the great thing about like watching the power play yesterday is that Patrick Sharp just steps up and, you know, is great. I think he had two goals in the previous game in the series. Uh uh Patrick Eve steps in and he's like they are just overloaded with offense. This is like the Rangers back in the old days when they had, you know, their number eight hitter, you know, had twenty home runs or whatever. That that's how offensively gifted the stars are. So the fact that they're losing one of their most offensively gifted players, they have support in that area.
2: So who starts in goal? Letman. And will he and will he do it the same way? Uh, will uh Miami get in the series? The goes I believe, yes. more than four? Okay.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we saw with Kari. I mean, if Kari, you know, allows one or two goals every game, he'll stay in. But does anybody believe that Kari's going to allow one or two uh, goals for five or six or seven straight games? I don't. Yeah, he, I mean, so, yeah he's allowed
1: nine goals in his last two starts.
0: Right. So they will go to Miami at some point. And then his first game back, he'll probably throw a shutout, and the next game, he'll give up five. So, I mean, that's kind of what they've been this year.
2: Do you, do you feel like Klingberg had a, 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 kind of responded and came back a little bit later on in the series against the Wild?
0: Um, yeah.
2: Thank you for that answer, Mike.
3: Do you...
0: <laughs> I'll ask
3: a question. Try, try to go beyond the, yeah, nope, response. I've been to the Ruth
0: Carlisle School of Interviews. Do, yeah. do,
3: right. do the Stars ever outcoach the other
1: team?
0: I definitely do think they do, um, not as much as some of the other coaches. Uh, Quinnville is is the master; they say at making in-game adjustments. Uh, but but Lindy pushes a lot of buttons. Um, he tweaks some things. Now the the biggest problem I think that fans have with him is he sticks with what, what he thinks works for too long. Like Goligoski and Klingberg are paired together. Well, Golodaski's one eighty-five, Klingberg's one seventy-five, and so then they get out muscled, and this is why you don't want to play the Kings or you don't want to play the Blues because teams with heavy muscle can really wear those guys down. And uh, Lindy has gone with those guys all year long, and you're like, oh my gosh! You sit there and you watch them just get beat on a play, or or you know, out muscled in front of them. And you're like, you got to break those two up. And then you look at the fancy stats, and they're you know two of the best possession players in the regular season and in the playoffs. I mean, top ten uh shot for shots against at even strength, which is, a, you know, Corsi or uh, S.A.T. is what, you know, they judge players on possession. And those two, Klingberg and Golodowski, are top 10 players out of 700 in the NHL. And you're like, okay, well, that's why he keeps them together. And so he, in, in sticking to what has worked, even though there are times when there are flaws, I think he's coaching the right way so to speak he's, he's making the right decision and it's one of the reasons why they had fifty wins and it's one of the reasons why they were able to you know win that series is because he stuck with what he believes is the right way to do things.
3: If if, if Coach Heike was in charge what would those defensive pairings
0: look like? Coach Heike would have changed it the first game of the season and Patrick Nemeth who is a healthy scratch who Coach Heike put as the X-factor the whole season <laughs> We'll be playing next to John Klingberg. And and I really do believe in Patrick Nemeth. He's a left-handed defenseman who could play with right-handed Klingberg. They're both fairly young. Nemeth is much bigger than Goligoski and could give you that balance of how you would do things. And then uh, they probably wouldn't have made the trade for Chris Russell, so then he would be out of the mix. And uh, you would have Nemeth and Klingberg, uh, Oduya and Johns, and uh, probably Demirs and Goligoski.
3: But it
2: didn't happen. It's not,
3: and it's, no, it's Coach
0: Hike never gets his way. In, in well, this but scenario. this is all
2: part of the you know the, the keep-away hockey that they, they wanted to play this year. Instead of being a physical team, a, a, a really good defensive team, well, we're going to play keep-away hockey here, and and that's going to be good enough. And, I, and obviously they won 50 you know, games with that, and they're, and, they're, and they're the second seed, and that it all seems to be working. I just wonder how far this gets them.
1: How far it, what,
3: it's a really, it's a, it's a into the playoffs? Question. No, but how to keep far, away? Keep away hockey, Evan. Yeah, I understood well, you, that.
0: Okay, the, the first 20, or first well, first twenty, but also part of the the second period was just boring. But the first twenty minutes, that was their game. That was them keeping it away from the Wild, playing in the offensive zone, not giving them anything because they always had the puck, and it worked. And they got a three a four nothing lead after two periods. So. You know, you look at that and think, okay, well, I see what they're thinking. I know why they can do that. But then the other team adjusts, and, and you know, you just get these ebbs and floats of hockey where, okay, the other team's going to play their style for a little while. So, I don't know if it can work. I mean, the, the other thing we have to all sit back is they missed the playoffs last year. So, they missed the playoffs, and now we're, we're requiring them to win the Stanley Cup this year and saying they, they're not built the right way or this isn't the right way to do it. And I, I think... They're trying all sorts of experiments to see if they can do this different than everybody else does. And that includes the two goalies. That includes a possession game of of, uh, hockey. That includes maybe having too many skilled players so that an Alish Hermit, who's one of the softest players in the world, is playing on your third line, uh, which is typically one of your hardest-driving checking lines. And so, they, you
1: know, they're doing all these weird things that are non-traditional and they believe that they can work. Mike, does, will Lindy, in, in terms of the goalkeeper thing, which I, again, think is the, the biggest X factor going forward, uh, does Lindy have an analytics component of what will tell him who starts or does he simply go by what he saw and feel for what's going to be best for Letnan?
0: I think I think it's it it's a combination of Jeff Reese as their new goal pending coach, they got him in the off season. And I don't know how much analytics Jeff Reese does, but he is with them, you know, almost constantly, like eating dinner with them, like so he has his you know, his finger on the pulse of the two goalies and, and he then relays that information to Lindy and so they make their decision in that way. Um, I don't know if they really do look too much into the numbers. I think it is more of an eye test on the goalies.
1: And, and so, uh, you know, we, uh, you go back to Game 6, and uh, for me, just sitting back here and looking at four-and-a-half goals allowed in the third period, it just gives me uh, shivers. And that may, be, that may be sitting around with Barry and Kevin because they, they scare me, quite frankly. But uh, I... I, I that would seem to me to be something that just leaves you with you're a saying, lack you're of You're saying confidence. That the, the fact
2: that they could have given up 12 goals in one game, if that kept up, that, that, that would be a problem for you?
1: No, I don't believe in that pace crap, Kevin. <laughs> you don't believe in that? <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, you know, to blow a 4 nothing lead, basically, in the third period, um, that's a little bit concerning. It's a little
2: problematic. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it is, too. Well, here,
0: you, know, you, here, know what, you know what I have to tell fans? I may throw sure this in the column today. It's like watching Big Twelve football. Is that you know well, only
1: Baylor's play? There's gonna be
0: a lot of points scored in this game and it may come down to one guy even the ball, you know, sixty yards with two seconds left. But that's kind of just what it is when you watch the stars this year. That's what that's the way they're built. It's like when you go to a Big Twelve football game, now that's what you expect. You expect fifty to forty eight or sixty five to sixty four or whatever you're gonna get. And that's kind of what they are. And because I've been watching it for 82 games, I'm just like, well, there you go again. And it, it's not as surprising as it is to, I think, a lot of people who sit there and go, how can you possibly do this? And I'm like, well, they've given up in a period three goals or more 20 times this year. The NHL average scoring for a game is 2.7 goals per team. Okay, They've given up three in a period. 20 times. Right. And they scored three in a period or more 21 times. So, like I said, it's just it's, you just got to get used to that kind of pace. That's just what they do.
3: But is, isn't playoff hockey supposed to be
0: different? Is, is yes, it the successful it is.
3: formula different? I'm not asking you. I'm asking somebody who knows what it's like. At about. least I know that <laughs>
2: much.
0: This is- Kevin is right. And I understand Kevin's concerns and everybody's concerns that this is not how it's been done. And I do believe that next year. When they rotate in some of these bigger, uh, younger defensemen, they will have a more traditional approach. But right now, it's these are the guys they have, and this is the way they play. And uh, I agree. They're, they, you know what? They're trying to not be this way, um, but it's a process. <laughs> they're, well, that, that, they're, tr- they're trying to be better defensively, but it's like I said, they, I don't know that they have the horses to be better defensively.
1: Yeah, and us facts. Let's face facts here. We're all kind of middle-aged men, and change scares kinda. us. Kinda. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm kinda. You guys are definitely. We're post middle age. I always tell my wife, middle age. What are you
0: planning to live to?
1: One hundred? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. All right. So I'm a senior citizen. Um, but it, we're all afraid of change. And yeah, nobody has done it this way. Uh, and and I, I I do suppose that you do get the 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 benefit of a fresher goalkeeper deeper into the playoffs. If Lettinen is getting these periodic rests, the question is, you know, like in 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 games four and five, uh, you know, and in, in when the series could have turned, you've got basically what amounts to your backup tent uh, goaltender netminder, as I like to call him in wow. uh, between the year. pipes. <laughs> yeah. In his uh, Mike,
3: before we go, let me ask you this. I want a prediction. Stars Blues series.
0: Stars Blues, I think the
3: Blues win in six. Stars, wow. Blackhawks.
0: I think the Stars
3: win in six. Okay, so you're hoping for? I don't know. Do you do you want an early an early vacation? <laughs> or, 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 I've, I've had plenty of early vacations.
0: It would be nice to just actually like go a couple rounds and play. <laughs> Mike, are you are you
2: playing your own music now? I, I heard music in the background. Exit music. It's good <laughs> stuff. I like it. Listen, Mike, you've been great. You've always been educational for me, especially in here. You know, to, to listen to you talk uh, pucks with us, and uh, we're going to do this more. Hopefully, the hopefully we'll up. do it more. Yes, yes, uh, they they will keep it up. It will be great.
0: Can I just say this? this Go ahead. This podcast is the reason that Texas needs to have more basements. <laughs> it really does sound like something that is produced in a basement.
3: Oh, hey! First of all, you should come down. We're in the penthouse. At the Dallas Morning News building. We're having grapes right now. We're, we're, we're in the penthouse. This is great. And Evan's going to tell us who else we have uh, we're podcasting
1: with this week. <laughs> Evan loves this part when Barry tells him what to say. And, and where can they find us? <laughs> uh, hey, Mike, so, in, you know, you are kind of kicking us off here as, as we go all through all this whole thing. Would you stop with the gesticulations over there? Just, just, just. Calm down, Barry. Calm. We have also got David Moore, who is more co-host than frequent guest, And we have uh, Doug Brokale, the Rangers pitching coach, who will break down all things, well, pitching-related for the Rangers this year. And there's a lot going on right now with Cole Hamels and you, Darvish and the bullpen. And who knows what goes on in the mind of Derek Holland. So we will talk all those things with Doug Brokale. But this has been... You know, it's been about 20 minutes, a little bit over a, a full period of hockey, but I, I want to say, Mike, that you have skated an incredible penalty-killing shift with these two thugs and goons trying to break you down. Wow.
2: That's
3: tough.
0: <laughs> it, it's all about the mental strength, Evan. That's what I have.
3: Mike, <laughs> thanks for defending us. I think <laughs> he was talking about himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, Mike. We're going to let you go. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the next round, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, man.
3: All right, talk to you soon. All right, be well.
1: All right, guys. So that was uh, a little bit, Mike. <laughs> that was. Are you like Mickey Mouse now? What? <laughs> that was.
2: That was a little odd. Yeah.
1: So so Mike kaika is gone. Yeah. And let me say this: I'm scared to death about this goaltender thing. You're scared of it. I don't like. Ch- I don't like change. Yeah, here, no. Here's the, the the problem with that.
2: that whole th- thing to me is is you're stuck with the goalie, right? You, you got Carlton under this huge contract. You're not getting another one. It's like asking, okay, we need to go out and get an ace. It, it, it just doesn't happen. The problem for me was is that. You needed to get some people to be in front of him, some people to to slow down this avalanche coming toward him in games. you are not playing Colorado. And yeah, thank
1: you. Oh, and and they're and
2: they're not and, and they didn't do it that way. You know, right. they 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 won, they, won, they did this. You know, they tried this last year as well. This you is know, not the This is not hockey. a
1: goaltender capable of. A team he's going go to go stone anybody, on, as we say. Right. Yeah. He's, he's not he's not capable of, of taking a team to the cup by, on his on his no, own. No, no, no. And because no. of that, you've got to make some adjustments. Because I think the deeper you get into the playoffs, I, I understand this is an offensively talented team. The deeper you get into the playoffs, and, and, and the, the stat I'd like to look into is, you look at those the, the periods that Mike mentioned, the three goals that they scored and the three goals they allowed. I'd like to see who those opponents were on each end. I think that would tell you something also. But as they go deeper into the playoffs, obviously the the risk ramps up that they're going to run into somebody that can slow their their offense down and that can penetrate their defense. Oh my God! All right, let's get out of here before Barry has a coronary. Well, wait, 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 this um, is like having Mo, Larry, and Curly talk talk
3: hockey
2: let's get this was very uh, high level hockey very high level
1: pucks all right uh doug can you cue the music because barry really wants to end this podcast goodbye everybody bye, bye. bye.